Hello and welcome to the 10th episode. Yeah, that's right. 10. We made it to 10 of the 34 Sports Podcast. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Raptor. We're back for the nice little 10 piece. Yeah, a little 10 piece. Today, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I think the NFL part was a little bit dry, so when we get to that, I'm going to get a little more in-depth into some more intangibles. But today, we're going to start out with some movement in the NBA. Uh, the, one of the biggest, I don't know if it was a surprise, but I didn't exactly see it coming. Doc Rivers has been signed to a five-year deal with the Sixers. I don't know... If that's the best idea, but I think it's better than some alternatives they had that would have high possibilities. So what do you think about this hire? I I mean, it's not a big move, but it's not a small one by any means. I mean, Brett Brown hasn't done anything for that 76ers franchise or that team. And then, I mean, with Doc, I mean, no shade to him, but like, and I'm not sure if you agree with this, but if he hasn't done anything with Paul George and Kawhi. Like, I know he had one year, I get that. But what's he going to do with Simo and Embiid if he can't make that work? Like you get you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think uh, an X factor to this is possibly Tobias Harris, who he's already coached on the Clippers. Uh, I think that could be an X factor for them. And I think he's already had good... Uh, He's been seen to do well with decent bigs. I mean, he did well with KG in Boston. Uh, he didn't really have a big when he was in Orlando with Grant Hill and um, Tracy McGrady, nothing that was an elite big. And he did well with Zubak, and Harold did pretty well on his system. We'll have to see what he can do with Embiid in Philly. I don't know. I already like the signing of uh, Rivers better than D'Antoni. I don't think D'Antoni would have fit well. I think he would have had Embiid shooting too many threes, and I don't. I think Embiid shoots just barely in the thirties, if not worse. So I think I, he's like a twenty-eight percent shooter. Yeah, I think I heard that. I think he actually pulls it too much already. And if they had hired D'Antoni, it would have been. Um, he would have been chucking six threes a game or more. It would have been bad. Uh, he he can hit threes. I, I know he definitely can hit threes, but that's not what he needs to get into. He needs to become the a dominant post scorer in a league that is actually shying away from that. But I think he's one of the very few players that can actually do it. So he should, I mean, he should stay with the three ball that's there, but also, like you just said, work on that post game. Because, I mean, he's good at it. But he could get better, for I, sure. I think he could have a lethal mid-range with him and Simmons pick and roll with a possible pop when he doesn't dive. But the pick and pop, yeah, that would. But it depends on, there's still, I don't think that roster is 100% set yet. We'll get into that in a minute. But I don't think they're quite set with where they want to be. I don't wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Horford move if somebody's dumb enough to take that contract. And even though I just talked about Tobias, they may possibly move him too. Could see Josh Richardson be moved as well. But I don't know. You may see some moves. You might not see any at all. So it would be I mean, but Doc, Doc Rivers, I think he can do something for that team. But I don't know if he's going to do what they need him to do. I don't know. Well, I mean, I saw people saying, well, now they're guaranteed uh, to blow a 3-1 lead in the conference semifinals. But if you think about it, they haven't even got there with this team. So if he gets them even to that point, it won't look good if he blows a 3-1 lead. But I'm saying if he gets them to the conference finals, he's already done better than Brent Brown ever did. So Didn't Brent – I was going to say Brent Brown didn't make it. No, the last time Brent Brown was that close, we already know that. Second round Kawhi shot. and yes. Yeah. Uh, but – the problem, he was close, though. I mean, the problem going forward and the scape, the scope of what the East is going to be in the future, and you can kind of see it at least for next season. I don't know farther in the future that because there's going to be some good rookies I think coming up. But you've got Philly can be in it. You've got Boston that's definitely going to be there. You've got Toronto that's going to be there with possible signings, and they're already a good team anyway. You've got Miami that's in it, and you've got. Uh, the Bucks that are going to be in it for at least another year with Giannis. So there's still a lot of movement. And that's not to say that another team might come out of nowhere and pop into the scene out of it. Just, you don't know that that's how the league is. You never know 
movement. But the, I, did I even say the Nets? That was my main point of bringing that. I didn't even say the Nets with Durant and Kyrie. That's who I really think is going to be a big factor next season is Durant and the Nets. With... Yeah, I mean, Durant, yeah, Kyrie's bipolar. I don't think he's going to. Well, yeah, Kyrie goes back and forth. But I think with Durant there, I, the problem with him, I think, is when he's on a team that he's the big top gun is he thinks he has to do too much. With Durant there, he's just going to take more of a backseat, and I think that's a better role for him because he played well with LeBron. So, Do you, do you think that KD's going to be normal? Like, um, Usually with the Achilles, you lose your bounce, and if you notice with Durant, not saying that everybody who's had an Achilles has lost their bounce, but it generally takes you down. Durant's bread and butter is shooting and maybe and slashing, and he can still do that. And, I mean, his arms, he's already basically there anyway. So I don't. Really and if he see... has to shoot more, that's not a bad thing. It's KD. No, nah, I mean, shoot more. He already shoots most of the time. So just he's already Even right more, there. Though, he could be a could literally only – I mean, I don't – I think he would still attempt the driving, but it won't be as – the only thing I can think Pro- of, prominent. The only thing I can think it could affect, and I, it's gotten better in the past few years, is whether his first step will be slower than it was before. But his he's was so lame. Bottom though. What did like, you say? What, didn't he hurt himself on a first step? Like, or am I? I'm not. Well, I think he the was. Second, like, I think so he when was he finished it off. Yeah, he was hesitant on Ibaka. That's when he finished it off. But at first, he he was just shooting. But, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. He's had extra time to rehab now with everything being how it is with the virus. So he should be ready to go. Um, and then, like, talking about, like, the positive, the possible accusation or accusations for teams here. I've heard rumors, and I think it's going going to happen. Is the Raptors getting Montrezl Harrell? Yeah, I think it's a high possibility. I've also heard that the Heat might swing for the fences because they've got a bunch of cap and throw them a one year deal. But if I were him, I wouldn't take anything less than the max because you're at your, like a not a max, but as much as he can get right now because he's gonna be one of the best free agents in the class. Montrez is a good player. Man. He is. Like, I'm just saying right now is going to be one of his biggest contracts, if not his biggest. So he needs to take whatever the biggest and long-term offer he gets. Because if he signs a one-year deal with the Heat like they want to because they've got extra cap, he's not going to get the deals next year because you'll have Giannis, LeBron, um, Kawhi, Paul George. And other there guys. There's this post that I was seeing of was of Montrez. I'll see if I can find it again. Where is it? Is it the one with him and his AAU team that have the Raptors logo? The blue shirt? Yeah, the blue shirt. Yeah. I Like, when I saw that, I'm like, I mean, it. to me, I think that means it's pretty much going to happen. I mean, it, it, it might not, but like that... <laughs> Posted by him, kind of just. Well, he would fit great in Nurse's system because you, that team is a gritty defensive system, and that's what he does. He's a dog. He gets out there every night, and he's going at it. Well, they didn't show that in the bubble, but that's a hard to just get it going out of nowhere. But And I feel like that would be a killer defensive team. Well, I think he'll help more on offense than you think. I think that was part of Siakam's problem in the playoffs was that there was really he was the only big that could score proficiently down low. Not don't get me wrong, Gasol's a great player, but he's far was he is and was far past his prime during that bubble period. He's like thirty eight or something. Yeah, and he's just he was more of a shooter anyway, occasional post up when he was younger. He would post up. He wasn't big. He's not a Dirk Nowitzki by any means. Mantra is just who, whoever is in front of him. Just just better watch out if he's got yeah. his momentum. I think him and Van Fleet could gel pretty well. I think that could be a pretty good pick and roll situation because Van Fleet kind of he's like Lou Will with a little more shot making, less off. No, Lou Will gets his shot, but I think Van Fleet's got maybe. Uh, Van Fleet's a more a combo dribbler where Lou Will's like a one-two move and shoot kind of guy. 
Pat, uh, Fred can take you off the dribble more where Lou Will's looking to shoot. And I think a, a really, like, I mean, you said Trez can help us on the offense. That's an obvious thing, right? Yeah. But the shot blocking with Abaka and him down low? Yeah. Uh, well, Abaka's still going to come off the bench, but they'll be a good maybe seven, ten minutes they play together. I think that'll be really good. And that and would it, be a shot blocking fiesta down well, low. And this would also open up more time for Siakam to get a break. And you could possibly see Nurse move Siakam to the three at times and bring him in at the same time as Ibaka and Harrell. That would be an interesting lineup. I don't know if he will do it if they even sign Harrell, but I think that could that be an could interesting be, lineup. To be honest, that could be a starting five. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be... I don't... Because I... I would say Siakam would be good at the three, but it depends on matchups. I mean, that's generally every game, but he did not play well when he was getting guarded by Tatum and Browns. So I don't know defensively, like, matchups. Tatum not. is a power forward, first of all. It, uh, yeah, he's the a pl- they yeah, had him yeah, the power yeah. forward. They're going to keep him there because they don't have really movement otherwise. But, yeah, I get Yeah, A, a, a 6'10 small forward would be nuts. <laughs> yeah. Or six nine or whatever he is, six eight something like that. No, he's six ten. Yeah, and then, but yeah. so so you would have. I would put uh, OG family. on the bench. OG would come off the bench. Yeah, as a six man, twenty five minutes a game. Yeah, Him no. and Ibaka. Well, and you're either Ibaka's coming off the bench or OG's coming off the bench. OG, because I would want the shot blocking and defense off rip every game. I really would. Well, it depends on who you're going against. Well, I would say the Rockets are going to put up points on you, but we don't know what their system will be next year. But I'm saying if you need a more – depends on what kind of game they're going to play because you can't always play double big like that. Not that Siakam's not a big, but he's a more mobile big. You can't play like Ibaka and Trez every game, I don't think, depending on – Well, how how tall is Trez, like 6'10"? I think yeah, somewhere around six ten. He might even be he's shorter fast. than that six ten. He can nine. move, but huh. he's, but he's just but yeah. I know he can move. I'm just talking about. I think Ibaka. I don't know if it could work a hundred percent of the time. I think it would be game to game basis whether they use that lineup. But, but that, that's also, and this is also all if Trez even signs with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, another thing. Um, We've also, back to coaching, um, there's a few more vacancies. Uh, some of the some of the teams that have already taken uh, t- taken coaches out of the the coaching pool of free of free agent coaches is well, it, Nash never was in the pool, but I guess he was because he signed with the Nets, which was out of left field for me. I never expected him to be a coach in any time soon. And uh, the Bulls made a solid pickup, I think, with Billy Donovan. Uh, he really showed me he could coach better this year than he had the whole other time he'd been in OKC. So that should be good for a young Bulls team. Yeah. There are several openings that have yet to be filled. You've got the Pels, the, the, the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Pacers, and the Thunder that still need coaches. And um, it's the Clippers. There's a high possibility. I, I kind of hope they don't do it. But Dan Tony's there. I'm not the biggest fan of Dan Tony because I really don't think his game translates very well come playoff time. He can win you a lot of games, but I don't see it finishing. Kobe said it, and I don't disagree with it. And... Um, Ty Lue is, uh, he could possibly go to the Clippers as the coach, or uh, the Pels have met with him, and there's a possibility that the Rockets, I've heard a bunch of different talk. So Ty Lue is going to be another big um, uh, coach out there that people want to get. So we'll see how that goes. Didn't he win a ship with the Cavs? Yeah, but he had, it's hard to prove yourself as a coach under LeBron, with LeBron there. It's not under LeBron, well... It's hard to tell sometimes because I didn't really respect Spokestra until LeBron left because you get to see. It's kind of hard hard to see sometimes. 
But another... Well, we know Frank Vogel's good. But well, yeah, him. Frank Vogel's good. Yeah, for there's yeah, there's good coaches. I just some some of the coaches that LeBron has had haven't really shown themselves until they've left him. Mike Malone was an assistant coach for Cleveland, I think the first time LeBron was there. Or maybe Mike it was Malone's a really good coach. Maybe it was right at 15, 14, 15. Whenever he came back the second time, maybe that was when Malone was there, but now he's coaching very well for Denver. Mike Malone's a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, you've also got, speaking of Denver's coaching ranks, you've got Wes Unsell Jr., an assistant that some people are looking at. I don't know. I, I've, I haven't heard anything, but there's just something in my gut that tells me he might be going to OKC, but I'm not. That's just a gut feeling. I'm not even sure if that'll happen yet at all. So, yeah, there's a few teams that uh, have yet to do anything. I assume uh, you won't hear any real signings. Doc was out of the blue until at least after the finals is over. But you definitely want to get a coach in place before the draft. So that period in between the finals being done and the draft is going to be when you'll see most of these get sewn up and see what they've got. There's been a little bit of talk of player movement. We already talked about Trez, but um, and we I had talked about Gasol, but Gasol had just – he's more or less already gone. He's – uh going to go play for FCB Barcelona over in Spain because of family. He wants to be close to the family. It, nothing really came out into the depth of what that means, and it's a family matter, so it very well shouldn't, if ever, will. So, yeah, Gasol's probably gone. Like I said, he had receded anyway. So Probably uh, he is gone. That was confirmed two days ago. And he's going there just for... To be home and with his family. That's, yeah, that was get a thing. contract. But it, but it wasn't anything bad. It was literally just to go home. Yeah, and I mean, he's his next contract, he'll probably get more on a contract over there than he would have in the NBA, and he'll get to play probably more than he would on most teams. Um, Another thing I saw was uh the Port, uh, not Portland, uh, Denver's uh, star well, he was a star for some of the games. He wasn't there the whole. He wasn't, he wasn't top all the time, but he shows a lot of potential. Jeremy Grant, the power forward from Denver. Uh, there's three teams looking at him to pull him away from Denver. Uh, the Suns, the Hawks, and the Pistons are all looking at him. He could fit in all those systems because he's a good young power forward that fits into the new type of league where they're just athletic and lengthy and can move up and down the court and play defense. He would be a good pickup for any of those teams that, and he's worth around 13 to 15 mil a year. So it's not, it's, he's a good budget pickup. Uh, they keep you under. Who, the cap. Okay. So not being biased as a Pistons fan, but who do you think that he would be the best with out of those three? I think the most success would come out of the Hawks signing him. I think, That's right, too. I think he would fit. The only problem with that now, you could possibly play him at the three until Reddish is good enough, but you already have – a lot of people, I think, have forgot that they brought Capella in when Houston was dumb enough to trade him off. And you got yeah. John Collins, so you're pretty well set there. He could be a, a – I mean, he played the two when they were running that goofy lineup, so he can really play any position. Um, That's true. But he's he's there's no signings happen for a couple of weeks at least now. If not, I don't know when free agency opens with everything being screwed up. So we'll see. Um, Bradley Beal bought a house in L.A. This is interesting because uh, if you watch basketball, I think anybody knows. That Paul George's con- Paul George did not play well with the Clippers, and his contract lines up very, very close to Bradley Beal's contract. So for me, I think that's a high possibility. We're gonna get into Paul George trades here. That Beal could be traded for PG. I think it will work for both teams because Paul George needs to go back out east so he can actually look like a star again, and Bradley Beal would fit pretty good to get along with Kawhi, I think. And he's more of a consistent shooter than Paul George is. He's just been stuck in uh, the uh, culture of losing in, in the Wizards. So, 
I also saw another trade for PG to play alongside Katie and Kyrie, which would be that would be good because PG wouldn't be the first option, but that was for Dimwitty and Karis LeVert, which I think would work for the Clippers because the Clippers need playmaking fairly. They need it bad because Pat Beverly is a defensive guy. He was not a playmaker. Paul George is just looking to shoot. and um, He was working for the Brick Factory. He was working for the Brick Factory in the playoffs. And uh, they need they need playmaking. Both of those guys are good young guys. Dimwitty, the Pistons had, and sent him away for maybe I think it was a second rounder. If not, they waived him. I I don't I don't tend to think too much about what the Pistons do back then. But he's very good now. He's borderline All Star. If not, I think I don't think he made it this year. No, because Bradley Beal didn't make it. So I don't think Dimwitty definitely didn't make it. But he's he's good, and Levert's uh, getting into his own, so I don't think that would be a horrible trade. They probably wish they could still have Gallinari and Spent and um, Shea Gillis Alexander, but they have PG now, so they got to figure out what to do with him. And uh, another person on the move, speaking well, this all kind of interconnected. The Oladipo wants to move, and uh, looks like nobody won the PG trade. If you look back, well. I guess the Pacers did get to keep Sabonis, so I would say they won. So, But Oladipo, I've heard a lot of rumors. I think Lakers fans are pushing him to go to to L.A. I mean, LeBron always needs help for some reason. And uh, the Heat have talked about him, and there's a bunch of others. Uh, Oladipo will be moving, though, because if the Pacers don't, they're just stupid. So, And that's... Uh, that's pretty well all the player movement right now. That's a lot, but realistically, uh, that's not that much. It's not even off season yet. So, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of current events, uh, game one of the finals happened. We're recording today on Thursday. Or is it Friday? It's Friday. Friday. Game right, two is tonight. All right, I'm tripping. Yeah, game two is tonight. But game one was not... There was a lot of intangibles to it, but it it was probably the worst finals game I've ever seen. It was just was not fun to watch. If if all the games play out like that, the NBA is gonna have horrific ratings. But I, I why don't, it's the team winning? <laughs> well, no, but blowouts aren't. They're gonna lose. I mean, there'll be people watching first half, but you're gonna lose the second end, and those that's ad rev. So. That's not their fault. Well, they no. need to play better. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm. I said if they keep playing like this, a big reason, uh, two of the big reasons why it went that way, were the Lakers uh, shot fifteen of thirty-eight from three, which is around thirty percent. But before that, that was after garbage time. People just throwing up shots in the first half. They were eleven for eighteen from three, and that was just. I, I honestly thought the Warriors were out there. I thought they let the Warriors in the bubble because I haven't seen that kind of shooting since Golden State was there. And uh, the Heat's biggest issue is they were out-rebounded, well, it, for not letting the threes happen that much, but they were out-rebounded 54-36. to 36. Um, Did you – what did you catch out of the game? Uh, I mean, the Lakers just looked better, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the Heat just didn't seem like they had the same, I don't know, jump in their step like they had the last three series. And I just think they need to figure it out quick, otherwise they're done. <laughs> well, you did see what they can do in the first quarter when they were up 23-10. to 10. And, I, I mean, I they looked good up to that point. And then it seemed like their whole offense just died. Completely. Well, Dwight Howard said they wanted to stop him and then just, like, pretty much crush all the hope, and they did that. Yeah, they went on a 75-30 to run after the first – after they were down 23-10. to So, it just – it wasn't good. A big thing was the the two shooters that the Miami has – I mean, they're young, but they rely on them for a good amount of points, maybe 20-30 a game. Hero was negative 35 plus minus, which for those of you who don't know what a plus minus is, that's uh, when you make points, it gets plus, And when you lose your team points or out there, when the points go down, 
it gets subtracted. So Hero was out there when Hero was out there on Wednesday night. It was his, bad. His team lost thirty five points during his time period, which is that's only Kobe when he was young had a worst plus minus all time. There's been nobody who's touched that ever. That was a one of the worst finals performances by a guard. Well, by anybody, but especially by a guard. Also, well, at least he's uh, in company with Kobe. Um, yeah, well, that's not the Kobe record you're going for, but yes. Because um, nobody's going to go for the good ones. They well, can't. You don't try to go for that one. It just kind of happens to you. Good conversation. Good Good company with Kobe, just not for the right reasons. Another <laughs> reason, I mean, at least Hero put up like 12 points for them, even though he was negative 35. Duncan Robinson. He, he had 14. Hero had 14. He had 14? Okay, that's not horrific. Well, his plus minus says otherwise, but that's not horrible. Duncan Robinson, supposedly a 20-point-a-game guy in the regular season sometimes, is 0 for 3, 0 points. That can't happen. I don't care. Bench him if he does that. You got he can't. He only shot three shots. The hell. He need, the reason I saw him and Hero do it, and I was uh, of course I'm yelling at my TV. I'm watching the game, but Hero and Robinson both look so tentative because oh they called it the finals. It's a different game, but you can't play like that if you live in the if you're in the league for a long period of time. You have to be out there. And you you can't be scared of the competition if you're going to last in the league. And I know Hero and Robinson well, but this has to be a learning experience for them. They cannot come out tonight, let alone any other games in the series, and be tentative. I don't care if they're bricking threes like Paul George. Shoot the thing, and if you're missing them, Spokester can take you out. But just don't be afraid. Hero was like, he'd be... He get into the shots he usually takes where sometimes he kind of fades back to the left, and he wouldn't take it. He was looking to playmake like he was scared. He cannot do that. Now, on the other side of the ball, LeBron and Davis played very well. LeBron was near a triple-double. They tried to get him one, but they just weren't. The assist wasn't going to happen. He had nine assists. He had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. And the, the assist wasn't happening. I was watching it. They were trying to get him the assist, and it, it, it wasn't going to happen. Davis played very well. He had 34 and 9. And, um, yeah, it, it was just a very dominant performance. And people were hitting threes. KCP, uh, I don't know where he came from, but he was the one who really got him going after that heat were leading. He hit the two threes in the first that really pushed that seventy-five to thirty run. But I will, I will say, people are gonna. This is gonna be the LeBron fans that get mad. But I looked at the plus minuses, and Davis had a plus twenty-three plus minus, and LeBron had a plus ten. So Davis was the best player on the court last night, and I, I've been saying that for a while that Davis is the, Davis is the key, if not the better player on the team right now. Yeah. Davis is a, Davis was just dominant. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, especially after Miami lost at a bio, they really had nobody who could guard Davis, unfortunately. I mean, Crowder did his best, and they were trying to double them, which was okay to double Davis sometimes, but it, it kind of it screwed him up quite a bit. What did you did say? You no. I said that game was two nights ago, not last night. Well, all right, yeah, all right, yeah. Game one, game one, yeah, game one was was pretty lit, yeah. For Miami, it's unfortunate, but going into game two, I, I, earlier they were listed as questionable, but both Bam and Jodic are out, which is Wait, not, what? Yeah, Bam and Jodic are out for two. They should be back. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah, the series is over, so yeah. They got a bright spot is o- Oakland University, which is a college I go to. Kendrick Nunn, who went to OU and was top player in college basketball, had 18 points in 19 minutes last night, which you haven't seen that. So you'll probably get to see some Nunn tonight, and that'll be good. Well, I say tonight, but by the time I get this edited, it won't be. You'll be hearing this after the game already happened, but. None should be out there in game two. Whether he'll do anything or not, we'll find out. But Jimmy's press conference said, in Jimmy Butler's press conference, he said, don't count us out. Cause he's, I expect Jimmy to come out there 
focused and ready to go. Whether it'll work or not, I don't know. I expect Jimmy to have a good game. Whether the rest of the team will, I don't know. But it's also I'm sorry, but without Bam, they're not doing it. I I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance. Who are they gonna stop AD with? They're gonna they're gonna have to use Olenek and Myers Leonard. We'll see. And they've got they've also got Jay Crowder and Iguodala that they're gonna have to flip. They're, Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek stopping aid. Okay. It's not a matter if their three point is on. Davis, they need to guard Davis decent, but the real issue was the excessive three point barrage of the Lakers because AD. At threes are more than twos in the end, and if they are making their threes, then the twos are going to hurt a lot more. But if they're making their threes, then it's going to be better because that was Miami's big thing is they can make the threes. And when you got Duncan Robinson not putting up anything and you got a hero with just looking tentative, it's not going to work as well. I'm not saying they're going to win, but if they do what they're supposed to, it's going to be a hell of a lot closer game which is what you want to see. You don't want to watch a blowout for three more games if they play like this. Not to mention, well, what do you think? I'm going to let you go. What do you mean? What do I, I, I think it's over. I really do. Like Kelly O'Linick and Myers Leonard are not going to stop AD. No chance in hell. I'm not saying that you have to stop AD. I'm saying that you have to slow him down and cut the three-point barrage. Yes, okay, but then he just gives it to LeBron, and LeBron goes in. That's what, all right, yeah. We'll, we'll see. There's got to be some correction. Spokes is not stupid. Spokes is going to do something. He's not stupid. He just has to get together along with the rest of the team has to get together. Yeah, the rest of the team has to do it. There was one bright spot that the Heat can take away from in the fourth. Although it was garbage time, the Lakers were still playing LeBron and AD at that point. In the first four minutes of the fourth, they took the lead down from 32 points to 19, which is when they brought Jimmy Butler back in and and he turned his ankle a second time. He turned it in the first half and he turned it into the second half. But they were within 19 points with eight minutes left, which is is if you clamp up and everything goes right, it's winnable. So that was a bright spot. They have the ability to do it. It's whether or not it'll ever come to fruition. But I I really... You put yourself in a 32-point hole. Yeah. I deserve to lose at that point. Well, they they did deserve to lose that game. But like I said, offensive consistency has to be there. And I also... You have to be high if you're telling me that the Lakers are going to shoot threes like that every single game. I have never... I watched, it's, I, well, I'm not saying I watched a lot of Lakers games, but I looked at the at the stat lines after and I saw the highlights. They, I don't know if there's maybe one or two games they shot like that the whole season. I don't, th- for me, that's not happening again. You I, never know, though. It is the finals. It does bring up a different breed and a lot of guys. <laughs> a a, a lot of you- guys, but. I, I as a Detroit fan, I've seen KCP, and I know damn well KCP ain't gonna do that every night. And Danny Green actually had a good game. If that keeps up, yeah. But for Danny what, Green three for eight is not a good game. Lately, it has been. I'm saying like okay, lately, true. Danny Green. I'm saying if he can do that, it's better for them. But what we've seen out of Danny Green in the bubble has been garbage. That is not Danny Green. That is somebody else. That's that's Marco Bellinelli. They got Bellinelli. They don't have Danny Green. Wasn't Bellinelli a good shooter in his day? He was. I'm talking. Yeah, you're all right. That's stupid. Yeah, next, next. Let's move on. <laughs> I was gonna say the hell. He's like Andre Drummond. Yeah, that's who he's like. But yeah, he looks like KCP. He looks like a second KCP. Is what he looks like. They all looked good in game one, though. So, I mean, well, you can't game say one. that right now. Right. Next game, we'll see. Game two tonight. For everybody listening, it's already happened. You know if I sound stupid or not. But I think Miami's going to have a, a bounce-back game and at least be close. If maybe when, maybe not. And I'm going to call it another blowout. But that's me, and I guess we'll find out after tonight. Okay. 
Let's get into some NFL. I've got it a little bit different this week. I want to make it a little more interesting than just going through every freaking stat because that's just hard to listen to, and it's good. It's better. We're going to start. Uh, there's We're through three weeks, uh, starting into four now because just I wanted to get the first game of the finals in. But um, the the top players are starting to show themselves out. The NFL MVP, you've got a few guys in it. You've got, I'm going to list them right now. You've got, you've got, I'll go, I, I, I'm trying to think, uh, Fansighted is the website I pulled this off of. I've got their top five poll. I'm going to start from five and go down to one and list their stats so everybody just gets an idea of where they're at. At five, this is after week three. They have Lamar Jackson. Uh, last week he was at number two. He had he his totals this season are 576 passing yards, five passing TDs, zero interceptions, a 68, basically a 69 completion rate, 112 passer rating. He's rushed for 182 yards and has three fumbles. He doesn't have a rushing touchdown, which is surprising, and I had to look at that twice. So, and uh, at number four, they've got Aaron Rodgers, who moved up one spot from last week where they had him. He has 885 passing yards, nine passing TDs, no interceptions, a 64% completion rate with 121 passer rating. At number three, they've got Josh Allen and the Bills, who he moved up a spot after that good performance this week. He had... 1,038 yards, 10 passing TDs, one interception, a 71% completion rate, 124 passer rating, two rushing touchdowns, 82 rushing yards, and but he has three fumbles. Patrick Mahomes is at number two. <laughs> what? You'll see why, and you'll see why in a minute. But Patrick Mahomes, he was at third last week. But he has uh, he had 189 yards, uh, nine passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, 67.8% completion rate, 114 passer rating, one rushing TD, and 80 yards of rushing. And your number one, and I, I'll get into it, but I don't disagree that much, is Russell Wilson. Okay. He's had 925 passing yards. If you're going to say Mahomes, that's he's already got more passing yards. 925, 14 passing touchdowns, one interception, a 76% completion rate, 139 passer rating, one fumble, and 70 rushing yards. And for me, I don't disagree with Wilson that much. I mean... I, I take it you've got Mahomes. I mean, what do you Who's think? Whose team is perfect on the season? Both of them are. I think everyone on this list except Lamar is perfect so far. So far. And Lamar got sh- Lamar should have went down because Mahomes absolutely outplayed him last week. Mahomes had um, 385 yards for four touchdowns. And Mahomes and uh, Lamar only had 97 yards and one touchdown in that game. He got outplayed. Not, I mean, it's a not that it's a battle. It's not like Mahomes is going out there to guard Lamar, but that's just Lamar got MVP last year and he got 97 yards in a game. Give me a break. I'm not saying that's that's kind of disrespectful to Chris Jones and the Honey Badger, but I mean, I guess. Lamar just doesn't have the core that Mahomes has. Definitely, he doesn't have a Kelsey or he doesn't have a Tyreek Hill. What was the amount of passing yards for uh, Mahomes? You talking on the season or that day? On the uh, season that you just said, you were saying eight hundred ninety-eight. Okay, okay. I thought you said lower, lower than that because I'm looking at the thing right here. No, I said it was lower than Wilson because I—that's who I definitely think is first right now and. Uh, on the season for MVP because he's got 925, which is another 30 more than Mahomes, basically. And he's got, he's just got. That's only 30 yards. I mean, it is 30 yards. It's only 30 Well, yards. yeah, but he's got him by, he's got him by five touchdowns, too. 
Uh, and how much effective? Uh, well, uh, Russell Wilson's also got basically a 77% completion rate where Mahomes is only sitting at 60, 68. So he's, he's throwing better than he is. Um, the passer rating, well, passer rating goes hand in hand with completion. He's at a third, 139 where Mahomes is at 114. Now, Russell Wilson's only knack is that he's got a fumble and interception, and Mahomes, Mahomes has neither as that. And a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Mahomes has actually got him in rushing yards, too. But um, Russell Wilson's been playing very well. Most of the games, I think it helps that Seattle's defense, well, they both have good defenses, but it seems like Wilson is basically – by halftime, you pretty much know how the game's gonna go, except for that patch game where Cam Newton had that comeback. But I could see the uh, the Super Bowl being Chiefs and Seahawks. That would be interesting. That would be a lot of uh, that would be a lot of throwing. I would say it is, but I, that's gonna be hard to throw at the Honey Badger for Russell Wilson. But that goes for any team. I mean, that's why the Chiefs are so good because they've got it kind of figured out on both sides of the ball. But it would be fun to watch because it'd be a lot of lot of passing. It wouldn't be a rushing game. So I feel like if you're like I mean I I think one and two of the MVP could be interchangeable. Like I get it, Wilson has more yards, but then Mahomes has him in other in in other things. So it's like it, it could be changed. I think I would, either way. I, I honestly would not be surprised if you don't see Josh Allen move up a spot ahead of Mahomes if he keeps playing like he's been playing. He's got the most yards out of any of these guys here. And he's just he's been having a crazy season. He's out rushing touchdowns too, which is not I'm what I'm telling expected. you, it's the kid effect. For those of you who don't know, Patrick Mahomes is having a kid. And I swear to God, there will be a kid effect and he will be off. He will be going off. I put I'm saying yeah, he's already going off. I just think it's just it's gonna be there's a lot of these Q, all these QBs are doing good for different reasons. They're just there's this is a lot of movement here, and early on you even had Christian McCaffrey in here, but unfortunately he got hurt. But each of these guys are big for their well, I mean their MVP. But I think Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah, but you notice how all of them are QBs. <laughs> yeah, that tends to. That's the way a lot of people look in the NFL. I mean, it has to be something in- extraordinary from a uh, receiver to get him on here, or even a defensive. Def- I don't know. I haven't followed football a ton, but I don't know the last time a, fo- a defensive guy got a got MVP. So I don't know. But um, even. Aaron Rodgers can move up and down because he's on a tear because he's just mad and he says he feels better, but you know he's mad that they drafted that. That I, I don't. They drafted. I don't even know his name, but like they they drafted the QB when he's perfectly fine and has four years on his contract. You know he's mad, but I for me Russell's got it at this part of the season. He may they. It may move around, but if Russell Wilson keeps playing like this, it's going to be hard to knock him off the top. The only defensive players to ever win the MVP were Allen Page in 1971 and LT in 86. Yeah, those, well, those are Hall of Famers anyway. I yeah. Mean, I haven't... And then special teams. There was a special teams. Dion? No, Dion. Mark Mosley. Mark Mosley. <laughs> I don't... The one is a place kicker. I don't even know who Mark Mosley is, and my, anybody who knows football, I might make him mad, but I'm not really – I know basketball history. I don't know football history a ton. I know some more now that I played Madden, but that's about it. I, I mean, I'm slowly learning more and more as I go, but that's – yeah, defense does not get any nods. I mean, it's hard. As far as even a you guy like – You basically have to be like a – interception a damn game to be an MVP. At least. Yeah, and that's basically impossible. You'd have to get basically two interceptions a game as a cornerback. Every game, at. that would be. And that's basically, that's virtually impossible. So defensive players, I mean, they're looking at Hall of Fame. They're not looking at MVP as their main goal in a championship, of course. But 
Yeah, but their QBs always get looked at. They do. Because, I mean, like, they're the – they are literally the runners of the team. So, I mean – Yeah, if you have a bad QB, your team's going nowhere. So, I mean, the NBA – you know, it's getting into basketball, but with the NBA, any position can get it because you can flip in any position if you have a star player at any position. You might be able to do something. In the NFL, positionally, you have to have 10, 12 players that are good even to make the playoffs because you can have a good QB, and if the line sucks, you ain't going nowhere because the QB's not going to have – well, the QB's not going to be able to throw, and he's got to have somebody to throw to. I mean, but then if you have that, but the defense can't get stops but, in the yeah, other end. If you end, don't have a good but... corner or a good uh, rush run stuffer, or, uh, or, or a that. good line in a hole, or as a, a good hole. line, yeah. If you get no pressure on the QB and he's got all day to throw, you aren't gonna win. So that's the QB really is the more the most valuable player in football, most generally. That's. Um, yeah, you build around a QB. You build you build out from the QB. So that's why they get looked at. But yeah, back to this. I you you thinking Mahomes is gonna make a run at it more to take over Wilson? Yeah, and I think Mahomes is going bet back to back. I think the Chiefs are gonna win at the end. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to knock the Chiefs off. There's not. I don't. I think the Seahawks would be a good Super Bowl matchup, but I don't know. I think that's the only team that has the best chance. Or that's the team that has the best chance. I think you could possibly see this Josh Allen Pat Mahomes matchup in the uh, the finals of the. I think they're in the AFC. Yeah, the AFC. You think the Bills are making it that far? The way they've looked with um, Josh Allen this year, I don't know how much you've really seen, but. If you the Bills they beat well the Jets are on a team. Actually, they haven't. They need to they play to, somebody they bigger because they played the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Chargers. So <laughs> they've got to play somebody bigger. But I really to do be think fair, that, they should be have a perfect record at that point. Yeah, but you also have to look at that week two against Miami. He threw for four hundred and fifteen yards and four touchdowns. I mean, I get it's the Dolphins, but four hundred yards is four hundred yards. But didn't they just win, like barely? Fitzpatrick had a hell of a game that game, which is a rare like once a season kind of thing. But yeah, he's had. Josh Allen has had good games. Um, I think what's gonna hurt. Mahomes and the MVP race is the addition of Carlos L. Carlo Clyde Hilaire. I don't. I know it's not right to not say the abbreviated name, but I know the Hilaire part at the end. Uh, he's got two last names, but he he takes away from Mahomes because it's good for Mahomes because it takes some of the heat off him having a run game, but it also gives him less time to throw the ball, which is his big thing that. Gets all the, gets all the praise. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. I couldn't think of that, but yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just—he looks already like a top fifteen running back, maybe, and he just got here. So that's—I mean, it's not—it's just gonna keep the Chiefs getting better, but it does take away from Mahomes. You think top fifteen? He's only been in the league for like three weeks. His first game was pretty good. It really <laughs> was. He, he's already had better stats than Peterson has this season. I know Peterson is on the Lions, but the Lions have a good line because they're trying to guard Stafford. All right. Yeah, but for me, I mean, Edward Solaire, like I said, going to take away from Mahomes. But for me, Russell Wilson is going to be hard to touch this season. He's just playing so well. Uh, that's who I've got. Continue, and we'll see how this ma- how this pans out in a couple weeks. But that's what I've got right now is Russell Wilson. All right, we're gonna move on. I'm gonna talk about how some of the games went this week. More highlights, not like I did last time, but we'll get into it. The first game, well, it wasn't the first game. Monday Night Football, the Chiefs and the Ravens prime time. Mahomes over, he just outplays, just blows Lamar Jackson out of the water. Like I said, he was. Lamar had to deal with the defense of the Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes' stat line 
is way better than Jackson's was. Three, 385 yards, four touchdowns for Mahomes, 97 yards for Jackson with one touchdown. Was not good. The de- Like I said, the defense was just monstrous wow. against the Ravens. They just would not let anything go. The only score, well, there was two scores, but one of the bigger scores was a kick return for the Ravens by... Duvernay, he was the only. They, I don't know how the Chiefs' defense let him get that touchdown even there. But the Ravens had no passing game. They had no receiver that had more than forty yards, and uh, the only the only score that wasn't off of a kick return was a five-yard throw to Nick Boyle for a touchdown. But other than that, though, it was just a slaughter. The run game, no running backs at more than 40 yards. Well, Lamar ran for 83 yards, but no touchdown came out of it. So, just got absolutely obliterated. I was, honestly, I was thinking about watching the game, and by the time I looked, I was like, wow. I don't, I did not expect, I mean, I expected the Chiefs to win, but I didn't expect it by this much. It's only 14. It's only two touchdowns. Well, it it looks that way, but like just the way the way they were able to shut down Lamar Jackson is more telling for me than them winning the game. It just shows me the level of play they're at where they have the ability to just shut the top players down, the defense. It shows me that the defense is there. Yeah. It was more of just it was their their showcase. It wasn't really a Mahomes showcase because he played he played all right, but he wasn't anything crazy that game. I mean, yeah, he actually had three hundred eighty five yards and four. T- I I literally that was just a, I just contradicted myself. So stupid. I said he had an insane game with three hundred eighty five four touchdowns, but. I mean, he did that, but you're not even talking about him doing that, per se. You're talking about how the defense shut down Lamar for only 97 yards. I don't know. I That really, uh, Lamar's, that's going to hold Lamar back for the rest of the season. I doubt after a performance like that, I think that pretty well no. knocks him out of the MVP. Um but, yeah, like I said, it's a defensive showcase. We're going to move another game that uh, – I actually watched the end of him was laughing somewhat. Was the Bears come back on the Falcons? The, um, the Bears ended up winning twenty six to twenty three, but in Falcons fashion, they were up uh, sixteen to three at some point in the second quarter, and then at the in the fourth, they were up twenty six to ten. But somehow, they always seem to lose, especially this season. I mean, they've lost up big before but this season they've done it twice already in three games what what fun i mean full trubisky in the first half looked okay but the bears weren't even that bad this year they're not even that bad and they just got better because they told trubisky to sit down which was an issue he was just looking good against bad teams like detroit and i don't know who else they played but they weren't that good either but he's in the first half he had, I think, one one touchdown where, no, did he rush in or fault? But he had one touchdown and one interception, and they sat him down because after the interception, they're like, oh, here we go again. He's going to start this crap again. And so they let Foles come in. They were down. I'm pretty sure it was either at the end of the second half. I think it was because right at the end of the second half, they went they, – Brought it close to sixteen to ten going into halftime when Foles threw to Jimmy Graham. For wait, wait, wait! What the 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 end of the second half? Second quarter, second quarter. Okay, there you go. There you the go. The end of the second quarter, they brought Foles in and he threw a touchdown to Jimmy Graham, bringing it to sixteen to ten going into half, which is already would have been a red a red flag for me for that idiot coach. I can't even remember his name right now, but you know who I'm talking about, the Falcons coach, the idiot who still stood out, still has a job. And then, um, yeah, they're up 10 to 16 and a half. And then they let um, Nick Foles just run down there three straight times 
Dan Quinn. Well, it would have been it would have been two more. Yeah, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn just the defense just lets, he looks like a dad. <laughs> yeah, he probably is a dad. But it I like, know, but he looks like a trucker, literally trucker. But they they let Foles go down there. He threw one interception, but they let him go two two runs. He went in two uh, drives. He went down there and then. Gets it to twenty three to twenty three at some at towards the end of the game, right at the end. Bears have the ball. They drive up the field within field goal range and just crush the Falcons hopes. They even have fans there. Why would you pay to go watch that? And they lost twenty six to twenty three. They lost by three points after having a sixteen point lead in the second half. Like the and then I mean, it's not as bad as last week when they lost 30 to uh, when they had a 30 point lead and lost to the Cowboys straight at the end. But the damn, end. that's just, I, they need to fire that coach bad. I mean, I'm, as a Detroit fan, I don't really like seeing the Bears do that well, but I mean, good for them. I laughed. I was laughing because I was watching right at the end of the fourth when Foles was making that comeback, and I knew damn well what was going to happen. I knew that they they were gonna do it because the Falcons are just stupid. Well, the Falcons Falcons do what the Falcons do. Let's move on to who they lost to last week. The Cowboys played the Seahawks, and um, it was a pretty good QB battle. They the Cowboys ended up losing thirty eight to thirty one. That was just because um, Russell Wilson outplayed Dak Prescott a little bit. Um, Russ had five touchdowns and 315 yards. And Prescott had a very good game. Just, well, good to a point and bad to a point. But he had 472 yards, three touchdowns, but he threw two interceptions, which were costly at the end because they lost by a touchdown, one touchdown. So that would have helped if he hadn't thrown the interceptions. Turnovers made a difference. That's, yeah, I'll cut that. Um... Wilson, that perfect game. I mean, if he hadn't played perfect and threw the touchdowns like Prescott, it would have – they wouldn't have won because, really, if you think about it, it did come down to the to the turnovers because if Prescott hadn't have thrown those, it would have – they would have been right there. I mean, if they had scored, it would have went to OT maybe. Yeah. Um, Will, Russell Wilson is really showing – his uh, a connection with his receivers. It's very different than a lot of teams. I mean, you know, Mahomes and um, Tyreek Hill have a connection. But, I mean, he maybe throws one touchdown a game to Tyreek. You know he can use Tyreek, and you know he can use Kelsey, but he doesn't really focus in on him like Russell Wilson does with Lockett. Because Lockett for this game, uh, through – Lockett this game had 100 yards and he got three touchdowns just to lock it. Right in the end zone, he likes to throw it to lock it. You can see that. He also uses Metcalf quite a bit. DK got 100, 110 yards and he got a touchdown. So Wilson's got some nice receivers that he likes to go to. And it's it's not whether you can stop him. It's not if Russell's got, if they got the routes and Russell sees them, it's pretty well touchdown right now most of the time. Yeah. Especially on those deep routes. The Cowboys' big issue was they had the weak run game. Zeke basically did nothing. Um, there was only 50 total yards of rushing for the whole team, and they're supposed to have the best, arguably the best back in the league. In the league. I don't think he is because McCaffrey is better, in my opinion, but. Um, that's an argument for another day, but there was no, there was no real, um, running game. And that's a big part of their offense. Zeke only had 34 yards. He did get a touchdown, but that did, it just left, uh, where Dak had to air out the ball. And that's why he threw the two touchdowns. Two, that's a majority two, of their offense. Well, yeah, Dak threw the two interceptions and that was just, um, that's why, because they could get no rushing game and he just had to throw. He, that's what he had 472 yards, but the t- the interceptions hurt him a lot. He had they did have some good wide receiver games. He was getting the ball down the field. I mean, he threw for nearly 500 yards. He threw six times for 138 yards and a touchdown to Gallup. 
and he threw to Cedric Wilson five times for 107 yards and two touchdowns. So they were getting it there. Uh, uh, what is, what's the wide receiver's name? The one that I used last year, man. Cooper? Yeah, he threw, yeah, he also threw to Cooper for 86 yards. I don't know how many times it was, but um, they had a pretty good run game. It's just they made some, Dak made us some errors that really cost him in the end. And uh, Wilson just looks so good, and he's got Lockett and Metcalf. It's just they're doing well. Another big game, and I guess it's not going into the season. I would have thought it was a big game, but it was. The Pats at the Raiders. Or no, the, the Raiders at the Pats. It was in New England. But both are hot going in. The Pats had made that had had that good second half rush against the Seahawks to come to a point where they almost won that game if Newton had went in. And the Raiders were two and zero going into this game, so it was a good game. Um, but the Pats got the best of them, thirty six to twenty, which was I don't know. I'm just surprised either team's in a position to do well this year. Carr threw for 261 yards, Derek Carr, and two touchdowns, and Cam Newton had 162 yards and one touchdown. But the real player for them was Rex Burkhead, who did it on the rushing side of the ball and the passing side of the ball. He had 49 rushing yards for two touchdowns, and he had seven, seven catches for 49 yards and one touchdown. And on the rushing side, he had eight and a half yards per rush, which is really, really good. The Pats, uh, there was a lot of field goals. The Pats actually had three completed field goals, which you don't always see. The Raiders uh, just didn't have the ability to get their offense going at all that game. They really had nothing going, and just Burkhead was just torching them on the other end. So, yeah, that was... That was a fairly good game. It's weird to see the Patriots without Brady doing well. I didn't, I didn't quite expect it. I didn't expect Newton, Cam Newton, to be playing this well either. We will have to see if it keeps up. Um, yeah. Now, uh, for my favorite time of the week, I guess we're gonna get into the Lions' den. Actually, got our first win. Against the Cards, who I thought we were gonna get torched by. Honestly, won the game. Was there- last night? What? So was there a shooting star on that day? Uh, I don't know what uh, I think they killed a leprechaun and hung his head in front of Ford <laughs> Field or something but I don't, they needed something I don't know because they got I was surprised they got the cards I really was, the cards are looking hot I honestly, we were talking about them last week, I thought they were going to keep this streak going, especially against Detroit Stafford had a decent game. He threw for 270 yards with two touchdowns. And uh, Peterson had 22 yards for 75, 22 runs for 75 yards, which isn't, I don't know. I don't like that ratio too well, but it worked. Galladay, we got Kenny Galladay back. He had six catches for 57 yards, and he had a tutty. And the defense absolutely torched Kyler Murray. Which was surprising because last year we were the worst defense in the league. He we had Harmon had one interception and he got twenty one yards out of it. And the rookie, uh, I don't what are we a third pick? Yeah, we had a third pick. We took uh, Jeff Okuda. He got his first interception and he got thirty six yards out of it. The big yeah. thing, I mean, and there was another interception too. I don't know who got it, but um, <coughs> but that was. That was big, the three interceptions. They also sat Kyler Murray four times. So that's why he was just, he could go nowhere. He had two. Except Kyler four, damn. Yeah, he had 270 yards for two touchdowns, but I mean, he threw three interceptions. So that's a negative one touchdown in my, in my book. That's how I judge it. But yeah, he could go nowhere. He did. That's probably one of the worst games he's ever played in the league. And then, and, He's going to have to think about that against the Lions. Now, watch next time they play him. He'll just absolutely go off. He's But D-Hop still managed to get 137 yards. And they did have a, a – their receiver, Andy Isabella, had four catches for, for 47 yards. 
and four touchdowns. <laughs> so that was good. It was fairly back and forth, but in the end, um, the interceptions got the cards because they gave the Lions too many chances and uh, had Prater knocking a field goal to finish it. So that was nice. That's the first win that Detroit's had over here. I always say it's the the pit of eternal sadness, but today the pit they must have opened the the little the stone that's on top of the pit just let a little bit of sunlight in there. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure next week, uh, some the it'll flood and they'll they'll have to cover the pit up so the rain doesn't happen doesn't come in the pit and we'll be. Hey, we're not going 0 and 16. We're going 1 and 15 at the least now. So that's a plus. Hey, that's a W. I was not expecting that. I did not think Galladay was going to be that big of a thing. I didn't expect Kyler Murray to just start looking like. Uh, st- oh, come on. I didn't expect Kyler Murray to start looking like Mitch Chabitsky out there in this game. But I don't expect Kyler Murray to stay like Mitch Chabitsky. This is just not. It's probably be the worst game he'll have for a while. So, yeah. Well, that's been another episode. We're on episode ten. If you made it this far, I'd like to thank you for watching. And uh, if you're on YouTube, feel free to like, comment, subscribe. And uh, if you're on a podcast platform, thanks for watching. Um, we'll see you next week. For big old 11. Big old 11.